you're listening to the Wellness Insider Network, episode number five. Welcome to the Wellness Insider Network podcast, a place where you discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and stress-free life with the right food, herbs, and self-care techniques. I'm your host, Lana Camille. I'm a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. I am very excited to welcome Jerry Angelini today on uh, Wellness Insider Network. Uh, Jerry is an integrative practitioner drawing from over 30 years of experience in various fields. He has a master's degree in rehabilitation medicine and counseling from Boston University. He is a licensed psychotherapist and massage therapist here in Massachusetts and trained in planetary herbalism, uh, clinical aromatherapy, neuromuscular therapy, just to name a few. Uh, for the last few years, Jerry uh, has been a, the national science uh, educator for Hose Defense Organic mash Mushrooms, and he has been teaching all levels of learners about the benefits of mushrooms and different herbal preparations uh, that can have on our health. I'm really excited to have him here. Welcome again. Thank you, Lana. It's great to be on board with you. So as we start uh, this uh, podcast, I would love to hear a little bit about how you, uh, your path, how you became interested in herbs and mushrooms and just like what, what your journey has been thus far. For sure. So uh, I grew up on a farm and here in Massachusetts, uh, it's still owned by my family and uh, uh, probably around... 14, 15 years old, uh, my dad gave me a book on herbs. And we're going back some time here. This was like in the maybe the 70s, right? Um, maybe early 80s. And, uh, you know, you got this kid that's walking around looking at weeds that are growing in the fields asking, you know, what's this? What's this? What's this? And my dad's like, it's a weed, you know? And so he finally broke down and got me a book. And I would like just walk out and do some plant identification with the different herbs and um, plants that were uh, on the property itself. And uh, that's that was really my first introduction to herbalism because then, you know, I would read about mullein leaf and how it was used as a demulcent. I didn't know what that meant, but it was like, oh, it's a demulcent. That's totally cool. And you know, burdock root, which is like, you can eat that thing? You, it doesn't like, why would anyone eat it? It doesn't <laughs> look anything like we would think about in American society at the time. And uh, I would do, I would dig these things up and I would like, you know, just start making these little preparations, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. And uh, I come from a big family. So it was just like, eh, keeps them busy, keeps them out of our hair, let them do what we want, you know? So, um, probably around 19 years old, I got connected with Rosemary Gladstar. Uh, just, I mean, anyone that knows anything about their herbal experience in the United States will recognize her name. And she's a delight. She's just one of those, she's one of our herbal elders that has just a tremendous way of connecting with people, just really loving and compassionate and filled with all kinds of information from various different traditions. And uh, I started doing um, uh, her like at home training and then I would yes. go up and spend time there as well. Yes. Uh, and that's really when it took hold. Uh, at the time I was also in college, you know, I was at university. And so I was trying to juggle this very Western, very analytic reductionistic experience with herbalism, which is really, it's very inclusive, very open. It's not at all reductionistic. So, you know, trying to balance these things and um, trying to figure out how they fit together. And um, so as I went through my undergraduate and then my graduate work, and I was uh, working in the field of psychotherapy mainly, um, it's actually mixed um, 
disability experiences, so people with severe psychiatric disabilities, substance use issues, but also physical disabilities. Uh, and so anyone that like experienced, whether it was from uh, like car trauma or uh, you know some other congenital issue, uh, I was working with all these people and still like training myself on this experience of what does it mean to use substances that aren't in that aren't from a pharma you know a pharmaceutical company you know and you know a lot of the responses were like oh yeah like my mom used to do stuff like that or oh yeah my grandmother was like totally into that stuff and so like many of the people that I worked with when we would talk about some of these simple interventions from herbal practices they were like oh yeah I vaguely remember that Um, what was interesting is that I did not have a lot of training in mushrooms. Okay. Uh, and in the Western world, even in Western herbalism, there's still this like, ooh, mushrooms, you know, they're, you know, they'll make you see really amazing colors for a good six to yeah. eight hours, or they might kill you. Uh, you might find them on your pizza here and there, but, you know, no one was really talking about some of the more traditionally used mushrooms for health and wellness. So, um, you, you're absolutely right about it. Even some of my friends that I studied herbalism, uh, with, they were a bit of, I apologize, a bit of mycophobes. So they were always very, very cautious and always wondering, okay, is this going to be the mushroom that's going to be the poisonous one? And so That was a very, very interesting experience for me because I originally come from Ukraine where mushrooms is something that was always appreciated and everyone always really went uh, mushroom picking. And so this was was a big thing for us. So it was very, very different experience here. Absolutely. So, So tell us a little bit more about how you got into mushrooms and like what, you know, how did you uh, start working for the company? Sure. So... Probably about 15 years ago, I um, got my hands on some mushrooms that Paul Stamets' group, the host defense, at the time it was fungi perfecti. And I got my hands on some mushrooms. Um, I can't remember exactly who introduced me to them. And I started using them for myself. I was having some issues with uh, energy and um, something called Epstein Barr, which is this. Uh, it's one of the uh, viral infections people can get that it basically like destroys your constitutional energy experience. And they used to call it the yuppie flu all the way back in the eighties. Cause it was this kind of like mono on drugs. It, like it was just this, it's experience of mononucleosis, but super, super intense and pretty, you know, chronic in its experience. So, um, I was using the mushrooms, like hoping they would like support energy. And it took a long time. It took a good year, year and a half before I really started to like get some of my energy back, uh, the kind of energy that I was used to having. And so, you know, I was basically sold on it. And because it was, even though it took so much time, it was something that it was like this slow rebuild that I could, that I could track every three months or so. Uh, and interestingly enough, that's a lot of how mushrooms work. They 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 have this kind of slow constitutional, um, like homeostatic experience on the body. And uh, as I've come to really study mushrooms now, uh, especially as a as a, a uh, educator for host defense, it's really how you use them. Um, about five and a half years ago, I was taking a sabbatical, actually it was about seven years ago, I was taking a sabbatical from my private practice, and I was over in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, I was uh, taking some coursework with Michael and Leslie Tierra, Mm -hmm. and uh, I was working part-time at a health food store, uh, and the one of my jobs there was I purchased uh, for the supplement department, um, so I was one of their buyers. And Host Defense was one of the companies that I purchased, and I loved this stuff. 
they're really like just about anyone can and really should consider strongly using mushrooms on a daily basis. So, you know, people would start taking them and they'd be like, you know, that really was super helpful. I'm like, great, just keep taking it. You know, this is stuff that can help your energy, but it can help like, you know, your brain functioning. And, and I thought they were really helpful. And, uh, they were looking for an educator and the, uh, the local area broker for the company, um, she like passed along my name and did an interview. And next thing I knew I was their national science educator. That's and, awesome. Yeah. You know, five years later, you know, I'm their director of education. So I help, uh, we have two other educators currently that work with us too. Uh, and, um, we're like doing our best to bring mushrooms back into the daily life of, uh, everyone in the U S at least hopefully a lot more than that. That's fabulous. When I learned about the company, um, it was called Fungi Perfecti. Now yep. it is host defense. Can, can you tell us the, the difference? Sure. Like what, what's going on there? Yeah. So the parent company is still Fungi Perfecti. Um, and, uh, in order to create like just a name recognition for the retail products versus the wholesale products, um, uh, they created what's called host defense and host defense. It's real. it's all one company. It's just when people purchase a host defense product, that's, um, we will wholesale that to other retailers. But if people want to come to fungi or hostdefense.com and purchase it, uh, the Fungi Perfecta is what's called our retail um, venue. Now, we also sell a bunch of other things. Uh, a lot of mycological equipment we sell. Okay. So, like, um, Petri dishes and Spawn Plug. You know, if people want to grow their own mushrooms, we do grow kits uh, that we sell uh, on a, as a retailer. Um, is that the- something that's popular these days? People grow their own mushrooms? Here and there, you know, I think a lot of times people do it for the um, let's show our 10-year-old how mushrooms work and you can grow mushrooms and then eat them. And it's a lot safer, like, you know, going out and wild harvesting edible mushrooms, like that takes a lot of skill. Like I wouldn't tell anyone just to like go outside, pick something that's green and eat it. You know what I mean? Like you just do that right and it's the same way with mushrooms you just don't go outside and pick something that looks like a mushroom fruiting body and eat it like you really got to know what you're doing so just like everyone buys their eggplants and their tomatoes and their cucumbers from a store because someone else is growing that we set up these grow kits so that people can purchase them it's going to come out the mushroom that we say it's going to come out uh it's going to be good for you it's going to be probably pretty tasty if you like mushrooms Mm -hmm. Uh, and it'll be a fun little experience too that's great um we have a gentleman at my farmer's market and so he also sells the mushroom growing kits i haven't experimented with them yet but i always wonder if uh, that this would be a great uh, gift for some of the teenagers so it's fun And, and a lot of times you can get a mushroom within a couple weeks so like, you know, shiitake, great. You can grow your own shiitakes. You can pretty, pretty much purchase those in a lot of places around the country now. But lion's mane, those are really hard to come by. And, like, to send away for the lion's mane kit so you can grow your own lion's mane and then eat that, that stuff is really delicious. So That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want to take one step back and actually ask you a little bit more about mushrooms in general. I know that there are four different categories that are out there. Can you talk Mm -hmm. to us a little bit about that? Sure. So these are basic categories. It's very loosely organized. The first is called your um, psychedelics. We know about those. These are mushrooms that will change your consciousness, you know, and even in... uh, um, you know, some will make you taller and some will make you smaller. And, you know, we've, we've heard about these mushrooms all over the place. Uh, another are the poisonous mushrooms. We know about these too. You eat them, they'll kill you. Some of the mushrooms, uh, the poisonous ones are really very poisonous. Um, so you've got to be really careful about those. Uh, then we have edible mushrooms. Yum. These are great. 
Uh, we've expanded that uh, growing list of edible mushrooms in the United States, which is wonderful. Uh, like you, like your own um, experience growing up in Europe, like not just the Ukraine, but like all throughout Europe, mushrooms are grown and eaten in a huge um, uh, variety of, of different species, which is wonderful. And then the fourth is the beneficial mushroom. So these will have some impact on your uh, physiology. So uh, greater than just as a food source. So we would call these functional foods, in fact. So okay. they will provide things like proteins and polyunsaturated fats and micronutrients like uh, calcium and magnesium and zinc and B vitamins and vitamin A, D, E. Uh, so even our edible mushrooms, these are wonderful protein sources when cooked. You've got to got to cook your mushrooms to get any benefit from them whatsoever. Um, but when you cook them, they're food, but then they also impact other systems of your body too. So they have this multi-system uh, impact that creates this functionality. It's kind of the term in... Uh, the health food domain, and they're calling it functional foods. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So you mentioned that the beneficial mushrooms, the, it's a separate category from the edible ones. Can some of the beneficial mushrooms be edible or? Sure. Some of them aren't, though. So basically some of the polypores, which are the woody conks, mm -hmm. you, you, you can't eat those. Like you can chew on a turkey tail mushroom literally for days, and it okay. isn't going to. Like, you're not going to get any benefit from it. Like, I, I definitely wouldn't have you swallow a whole turkey tail mushroom whole um, or cooked. Like, you just, you want to cook it, extract it, and then get rid of that uh, woody, that woody conch. So things like reishi or chaga, um, you know, even cordyceps. I, I wouldn't have you eat cordyceps. Mm -hmm. uh, like wild cordyceps, right. uh, cultivated cordyceps is a lot is a very different mushroom experience than the wild cordyceps. How wild, so? So wild cordyceps is it's what's called an entomopathogenic fungi, which means it's a mushroom that eats insects. So this is the zombie mushroom, right? Mm -hmm. You may have heard of it. it uh, when it infects, usually it could be an ant or it could be a caterpillar of some kind. Uh, the, the root structure, the mycelia, kind of basically eat into that insect. Uh, they make it go to like the ants that makes them climb up to the top of a tree where it makes the ant like grasp the central vein of a leaf. And then the mushroom basically kills the ant and a mushroom fruit body pops out the back of its head and then it sporulates down into the forest floor. So... Um, uh, so what you have here is you have a mushroom that's in an insect. So that insect also has its own ecosystem of pathogens and microflora. And I just, you know, even in traditional Chinese medicine, you extract it, you don't eat it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you would boil it, uh, simmer it for a certain amount of time to make sure that you can get some of the what are called um, water-soluble compounds mm -hmm. that have a really amazing impact on the system. But you're also boiling it, so you're killing any pathogenic microorganisms. So, okay. um, so I wouldn't have you actually eat that thing. Um, you know, it's been done. There's been hundreds of dares by people all over, you know, like, oh, yes. I dare you to eat that, right? You know. <laughs> But just because someone dares you to do something, it's not necessarily the smartest thing, right? No, so sense. use some common sense, right? Um, but I, I wouldn't have you eat it. It's not going to be that pleasant in terms of its taste profile, but also it's 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 basically it's an insect corpse. Okay. So, okay, good to know. Good to use know. Unless you extract it, and so these are like the polypores are like that. Okay. They're, um, birch polypore and Fomis fomentarius, it's the amadou mushroom. You cook them and then you uh, ingest the uh, extract. So the broth, ultimately, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, the best way is actually to do what's called a hydroethanolic extract. And okay. 
have to do it in two parts with those those woody mushrooms is you do a water extract so like a long decoction where mm-hmm. you're kind of cooking it for 8 to 12 hours maybe in a crock pot and you just let it simmer and mm-hmm. simmer and simmer away and then um, you kind of you strain off so you know how much water you have in there and then you add an equal amount of some fairly hefty alcohol and then you mix that all together with the mushrooms again and then you let that sit for a good couple three weeks you know shaking it up regularly Uh, and this provides you with what we call um, a hydro which is water and ethanolic which is alcohol extract Uh, and it provides you with a really uh, expanded range of compounds that help with modulating the immune response okay that's great thank you so you were talking about two things that I wanted to uh, come back to. So you were mentioning something that's called a fruiting body. So yeah. what's the, there is something else, which is called mycelium from what I know. So can you talk to us about the difference between those two things? What, which, which is which and, you know, what do, does each one bring to the conversation? Sure. So, you know, at Host Defense, we're, we're really kind of like whole mushroom people. So... Uh, there's a discussion, do you want to use the whole plant or do you want to use an isolate from the plant? Do you just want to use the leaf or the root or the stem or the seed? And in the mushroom world, we have the same conversation. Do you want to use the root structure, which is called the mycelium? Do you want to use the fruiting body, which is the reproductive organ of the mushroom? Do you want to use the seeds or the spores? So with spores super, super hard to get at. So you have to crack those spores. And typically, the process associated with that is the use of pretty um, pretty toxic industrial solvents that they then try and, and remove, which you can never really remove all of those. Um, spores, unless they're cracked, they literally go right through your digestive tract. We have no access to them at all. The fruit bodies you have to cook These are the parts that have been used traditionally, mostly. But we've also been using the mycelia traditionally, too. So the root structure is really, it's the the body of the organism. So with mushrooms, those roots go into um, whatever they're growing in. It's called the substrate. And they'll secrete digestive enzymes into that substrate because they're going to digest it and absorb those nutrients. Uh, but they also, those root structures, the mycelia, they have to protect themselves against environmental influences, whether it's predators or pathogens, you know. So they have to secrete their own immune system into their substrate as well. Um, And then there's some other interesting compounds because they have to adapt to their environment, right? So the fruit body is uh, really, it's an appendage that the mushroom grows uh, when all the environmental uh, influences are exact. Because it's like, oh, this is a good time to send out some seeds for reproduction, right? But for the most part, the mushroom mycelia is doing its thing and it can actually live literally hundreds of years. There are some um, uh, established uh, mushroom mycelia like five miles in diameter, you know, five Mm -hmm. square miles that's been literally alive for a good 12 to 1400 years and it's all the same mushroom. So the, that mycelia is the enduring part of the plant. The mushroom fruit body uh, comes up in what's called a flush, and then it dies back. Typically won't last a long time, although there are some exceptions to that. So we've used the fruit bodies as food. We've used them in our ethnomycological practices or ethnobotanical practices. But we've also used the mycelia, just people aren't as familiar with it. So if you've ever eaten tempeh or miso, Mm -hmm. that uses, or vinegar actually. Vinegar is a two-part process. And the first part of the creation of vinegar involves using a fungal organism and the mycelia that are associated with that fungal organism. So 
you know, we have been using both. It's just the mushrooms are what people are really familiar with. Uh, and at Host Defense, we use the mycelia and primordia, which are like the sprouts of those fruit bodies. So um, what happens is as the mushroom uh, organism matures, it creates thousands of these baby sprouts or fruit bodies, um, what we call primordia, and then it self-selects just a few uh, that it then will grow to maturity. And that's, again, dependent upon what the environmental factors are uh, like in wherever it's growing. So you start off with thousands of these sprouts, and then as it matures through that process, it self-selects maybe a handful, maybe 20 out of thousands, right? And that's what actually grows to what we see um, when a mushroom fruit body sprouts up. Very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So you uh, mentioned that this is what host defense is using. How many different species and varieties of mushroom does, does the company generally work with? We work with 17 different species. Uh, uh, those are all included in what we call the My Community product. So this is our big guns, uh, full... Uh, you know, complex mushroom formula for really strong immune engagement. Uh, but for the most part, we're, you know, we have, uh, I'd say about 13 mushrooms that we really do a lot of growing on okay. uh, because of the other formulas and products that we have uh, in the line. And so from what I know that your creator, Paul Stamets, is someone who knows quite a bit of mushrooms and has significant amount of experience and also has done quite a bit of research in this area. And so these uh, 17 mushrooms have been selected because of certain specific characteristics that they possess? Yeah, for sure. So they all have a, a pretty significant amount of research data on them. Uh, a lot of that research is what we would call preliminary data or mechanistic uh, research. So what they do is they do in vitro uh, testing to see exactly how does this impact cells. So does it support immunity? Does it support other systems of the body? And this is exactly what most of that research is. Um, there is some like in vivo, so they'll do it in uh, animals or in human testing. And uh, the human clinical trials are, of course, much less uh, in terms of their number. Uh, but they're starting to gain in their, um, I would say, popularity in terms of research, researchable uh, substances. Very interesting. Um, you mentioned that um, the mushrooms that you have, uh, that they have uh, something to do with immunity. Can you actually talk a little bit about, like, why would someone take a mushroom formula? What are these things used for? If there are 17 different uh, ingredients or 17 different mushrooms, is this the only formula that you have, or there is a variety of other products that you might have? And just can you uh, talk a little bit about this? So... Uh, um, we have single mushroom species and formulas. Um, the single mushroom species that we focus on are things that are gaining in their popularity in terms of how they impact the body. So we use reishi and chaga and cordyceps, maitake, um, lion's mane. Uh, these tend to be very popular. Turkey tail, these are popular mushrooms. Uh, in the natural products industry. But we also do combinations. So we have cordici, which is reishi and cordyceps. Uh, we would call this a duyao in Chinese medicine because it's a two-substance formula and they each support each other in a particular way. Um, there's a breathe formula and that has cordyceps, reishi, and chaga. And obviously that supports lung functioning. Uh, we have Myco Shield, which is a five mushroom spray uh, to help with that, uh, what's called mucosal associated lymphoid tissue. So the immune system, especially in the uh, upper respiratory uh, area. And then we've got Stamet 7, along with um, uh, some other what are called mycobotanicals formulas, where we pair mushrooms and herbs together. 
So, <clears throat> you know, we've got one for the brain. We've got one for uh, blood sugar support. We've got one for uh, <clears throat> women's hormonal health and liver functioning and even for stress. So uh, the line is definitely growing. Um, every mushroom that we use has research that shows that it supports immune functioning. And what's really crucial, we uh, have been studying the host defense products uh, using what's called uh, human peripheral blood mononuclear cells. So what they do is they take some blood from a person uh, and they look for a whole set of immune cells and then they'll do an extract of the product and they'll expose those immune cells, those human immune cells to the product and they see what happens. And there's been some amazing results from that. So we know that all of our products are supporting immune health. And uh, what that means is our bodies uh, are constantly in a state of protecting ourselves from, uh, from our, the ecosystem that we live in and from uh, mutations in our own self. Uh, cell genetics that and these things happen every second of your day you know uh, as people are more and more aware of the microbiome as people are calling it right we know that our bodies there's actually 10 to 100 times more microbes that live in and on us than of our own human cells so um, you know we have to protect ourselves from pathogens that are present and Everyone has pathogens in them and on them, but our immune system and our probiotic microflora help balance that and keep it in check. But, you know, some research is pointing to the potential that each of us humans create approximately 100 to 500 mutated genetic cells every day. And, you know, this just makes sense. You know, I mean, there's a lot of cells that are doing a lot of reproduction. Stuff is going to go wrong. And, you know, they're not all tumor cells, but they're mutations. And, you know, our body's immune system is designed to identify those mutations and destroy them. So we need to make sure that we have a strong immune system. That's just part of why we're here to begin with. Like, without an immune system, we'd all be dead, right? So mushrooms, in fact, uh, and the host defense product balances the immune response because the immune response is a little bit like Goldilocks, right? Can't be too hot, can't be too cold, okay. it's got to be just right, right? So it's got to be strong enough so it can identify pathogens and mutations. But it can't get overexcited either because then you have a whole set of other problems, right? What do you think some of those, like if you have an overexcited immune response, what, what might that look like? Like allergies or right. autoimmune disease or something exactly. similar to that? Yeah, exactly. So this is when our immune system kind of like goes into hyperdrive when there's no reason for it. But then you're still stuck with all of the side effects that are associated with it. So like the host defense mushrooms have been shown in these in these um uh, in vitro studies and these uh, preliminary human uh, blood studies to literally make sure that immune system functions within the Goldilocks zone. Very interesting. So, really so out of those formulas that you have mentioned, I know that recently I got a chance to try MicaShield because I was traveling and I was not feeling well. And so someone said, here, try this. And so I was very, very grateful. Um, and it, it was a very good, very interesting product that was very helpful to me. Uh, yeah. But I know that you also mentioned Paul 7. Is that what it's called? Stamets, yeah, uh, and then there is a my community. So I know that all three of them, in one way or another, are used for immune system. Can you yes. talk to us about the differences between those three? Sure. sure. So MycoShield is what I like to call our high contact um, individual formula, and it's great. It's a spray. You do like two or three sprays, three to four times a day. It's kind of like a breath freshener. Mm -hmm. uh, we got cinnamon and peppermint and licorice, really flavorful, tasty. Um, you just, 
if you're in contact with lots of people, whether because you're a student or a teacher or you work in a restaurant or you take the subway or you're flying or whatever, this is going to really strongly support your immune response. It's super easy. Just a couple of sprays travels really easily too. Uh, you know, we've got this one ounce size that you can just throw in your backpack or, you know, even in your pocket if you want. It's not too, uh, it's somewhat, it's a one ounce dropper. So, you know, best in backpacks or purses or stuff like that. Great way to just keep your immune system nice and strong as you go through your day to day busy life. Stem at seven is seven mushrooms. And there's a couple that are the same, but they are different. The others are different. And the seven mushrooms support your immune system really strongly. Um, in fact, the preliminary data on this is that it's stronger than a single mushroom at the same amount. So you actually get a bonus. There's some synergy going on in there. But then they also support like a whole bunch of other systems of your body. So lion's mane also supports memory and neurological functioning. Uh, um, uh, Reishi is a great cardiovascular, but basically it's a general tonic. So overall, it kind of helps your body uh, feel a little bit more energized, uh, but relaxed at the same time. Uh, maitake helps with blood glucose regulation. That's already within the normal range. Um, you've got chaga, which is an amazing antioxidant. Uh, cordyceps can be super energizing for people. So like these seven mushrooms all together, they strongly support the immune response while helping your whole body do better on a day-to-day -day basis. So we call that your daily immune support. And then <clears throat> there's my community, and this is 17 mushrooms. Um, and while Stamets 7 is 7, it's equal parts of those 7 mushrooms. The 17 mushrooms in my community are in a formula. So there's more of some and less than the others. And this is really like, this is like our strong synergy formula. And when you really need to kind of like get that immune system engaged strongly uh, because you're fighting something and you want to help your body fight harder. Uh, and that's really how you kind of figure out the three. So Myco Shield is great for our high contact individuals, use it every day. Um, great breath freshener too. Uh, Stamit 7 is good for just about everyone that wants to like basically help their whole body and keep a strong balanced immune response. And then my community is the big guns and you use that when you really need to like get any, you can use it for a long period of time. Uh, they are safe. They're all safe for daily use. But just as a practitioner, the way I approach things is I always like to have something big, you know, uh, waiting in the wings just in case I need it uh, because the Myco Shield and the Stamets 7 are just great formulas altogether. And so Stamets 7, can you take it long term or is there a certain period of time that you really, when you're recommending to your patients or your clients? No, if I have someone on uh, any of these products, um, they're typically going to be for a long period of time. Uh, um, so I have uh, a couple of my um, clients on the Stamets 7 and the Myco Shield just to help boost their immune system while keeping it maintained. But uh, when people get really sick, and you know, we can do all the preventative stuff we want. Something's always going to get through. You know, we're humans. We're perfectly imperfect, right? So even with the help of supplements, you know, something will get through at some point. So instead of being like, oh, I've been trying, it's just like, okay, you need to give yourself a rest here, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to dial it back a little bit. You're overdoing it. And that's when I'll engage that my community for maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a month to just kind of really reset that system and help their bodies fight a little bit better while they're rebuilding their constitution with other supports. And then they'll go back to like the Myco Shield or the Stamets 7 or maybe someone's on Breathe because, you know, their lung functioning gets, uh, you know, challenged or questionable. Um, uh, maybe I have them on the Mycobotanicals Brain uh, because they, you know, notice that that formula significantly helps their cognitive functioning and memory. Or maybe I have them on the Stress Decompress because, uh, you know, they 
they're they just completely overwhelmed in their day-to-day -day life. So, um, you know, I'll engage one of those other three as necessary okay. uh, while I'm using some of the other uh, products with them. Perfect. And so uh, the something that you mentioned earlier, you were talking uh, about lion's mane and you also mentioned the cognitive support. So a lot of our listeners are either students or young professionals that really rely on cognition. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit more about uh, this particular mushroom and just in general, what type of supportive uh, care you would use. Sure, lion's mane has uh, been used for a good couple hundred years in ethnobotanical practices. And uh, we recognize through the research over the past, let's say about 15, 20 years, that lion's mane does have some really significant impact on neurological functioning. There are a number of compounds that you can find in the mycelia and the fruit body that support something that's called nerve growth factors in our body. And nerve growth factors Basically, they signal our stem cells to differentiate into neurological tissue. So the lion's mane, it's, it's food. It's not a magic wand. You eat it, it provides your body with these compounds. These compounds then set off a chain reaction where your body engages its own capacity to function better. Mm -hmm. And uh, the nerve growth factors impact both the central neurological tissue, central nervous system, as well as peripheral neurological system. So brain and spinal cord, as well as, you know, fingers and toes. Uh, so, and this is a, an important consideration. Uh, we can't find these particular compounds. Uh, we haven't found them anywhere else in the uh, natural products industry. So they're novel to lion's mane. Uh, although other compounds have other ways that they impact the neurological system, um, these are specific to lion's mane. Uh, we don't even find them in other mushrooms. So, I mean, it really is a, a species-specific experience. Uh, and there has been some human clinical trials on um, elders with dementia uh, showing increased uh, functionality, uh, increased recall, interaction skills, and then there's also been some human clinical trial work. These are both small studies uh, on mood. Interesting. And showing, yeah, balancing moods, uh, but not using the typical methods that we see in um, the pharmacy, in the today's pharmacy. So instead of things like selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or SSRIs, it runs through a very different uh, process in the body. Okay, very, very interesting. I was mentioning to you that the farmer at the farmer's market uh, where I go, there is a mushroom guy. And so um, I have an older dog. And so I remember that we had a long conversation about using a lion's mane for even an older dog. Speaking mm -hmm. about uh, pets, is this something that you would also recommend trying mushrooms? I'm not supposed to, okay. but All right. personally, I have. Like, okay. I've used mushrooms with my own dogs, okay. uh, and um, it's, it seems to have helped them in terms of supporting their energy, especially with older dogs, you know. Okay. You know, they're a little bit slower. They don't move as much, you know. Maybe they have some, uh, they creak a little bit more like we do when we're getting older. Yes, yes. And what I have noticed is using mushrooms with my pets has really supported the, you know, just their quality of life and their enjoyment in life. And that's important. Yes. At least it is to me, you know. Absolutely. One additional uh, area that I was very curious about that I learned on uh, host defense was that uh, you're doing some interesting research regarding bees. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So this is really cool. Um, the bees are struggling with something that's called colony collapse disorder. And over the past five or so years, this has gotten pretty significant. Uh, last year, approximately 42% of all managed beehives failed over the winter. Uh, so that's like if you had 100 cows, 42 of them would not make it through the winter. This is like some big stuff. Um, bees pollinate uh, so much food that approximately one out of three bites of food you take 
would not be there. So there's like some serious like food security issues that could come about this. But yeah. um, it has a lot of different factors associated with it. One is glyphosate, you know, which is the Roundup thing. There are pesticides and, uh, and all their fungicides that are impacting. But what we're really seeing a huge impact is something that's called the Varroa destructor mite. Ooh, right? And it is. It's kind of like that. It's this gross little parasite. Uh, and it vectors in uh, various viruses and bacteria. And it reduces the immune functioning of the bees themselves. And... Uh, so what we're doing at Host Defense is we're working with Washington State University's Department of Entomology, and we're helping them develop something that they can add into sugar water that you feed bees uh, that will help their immune system. And it's looking super, super cool. So we've been working with them for about three years now, and uh, the reishi mushroom like that we grow, that we use with people, we're going to grow it a little bit differently, um, and we're going to create, uh, uh, you know, just a mushroom extract for bees that beekeepers, whether it's like little home, I got a hive beekeeper to I have a million hives that, you know, I'm trying to take care of. You can just get this stuff added into their sugar water, especially in the autumn, uh, you know, because just like us you know, through the winter. Like, yeah, like you get, you start your sneezing, your sniffling, you know, your yes. achy head fever so I can rest medicine, you know, yes. Yes. <laughs> which is so funny. Like you can use mushrooms with your bees for that too. And that's really awesome. Like it's just, it's something that we have a, a lot of like sigh of relief because it's something that people can do like anywhere and we want it to be that easy. So... So from everything that I know about mushrooms, I absolutely love the idea. I love using mushrooms. But uh, someone who is listening to this might, might be wondering, are there any adverse effects, toxicities, interactions? Like what do we need to know in terms of safety? Yeah, mushrooms are pretty safe. The ones that we use, at least, you know. Um, we've pretty much taken care of the poisonous ones and the psychedelic ones. You know, the FDA doesn't like it when you mix those things in your product, you know. Yes, of course. So, <laughs> you know, we pretty much got that taken care of. Um, so in terms of toxicity, there's really not a lot of toxicity. At this point, our mushrooms look to be safe all the way up to nine grams a day. Wow. You're never going to take nine grams of mushrooms a day. It's super expensive, first of all. And second of all, like at about four grams, you're going to be like, wow, I'm jazzed up. I really don't need any more of this stuff. I really don't. And that's about like, you know, taking one or two grams of the mushrooms a day is really kind of like right where you want to be. Um, if you need more than that, you want to work with a qualified practitioner to make sure you're on the right track. Um, so that's kind of my approach to it with people. Like at one or two grams a day, this stuff is great. It's actually cultured food. Uh, we grow our mushrooms on organic brown rice. And so the mycelia changes that rice, just like lactobacilli will change milk into yogurt. You don't call yogurt milk it's cultured right? right and so the rice in the host defense product is cultured and the cultured rice is as immunologically effective and impactful as the mycelium themselves uh, they just work a little bit differently and they create that balanced immune response so we know that you want the rice it's cultured it's amazing food and it is, it's food, it's functional food. So at a couple of grams a day, you're good to go. Okay, great, thank now, you. Now, if yep. you're allergic to mushrooms, mm -hmm. you probably don't want to take the product, right? But, you know, okay. use your noggin, right? Yes, Think. yes, Make, yeah. makes sense, makes sense. The beneficial mushrooms, they're going to be taken either as a capsule or as a liquid extract, am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got it all set up for you for easy, uh, easy use. Okay. You know, you don't have to cook them. You don't have to boil them. That's only if you're kind of like, you know, one of us, you know, I want to get my hands on something and I want to have my own little 
you know, kitchen chemistry experience. And you know, go to town, get some clean mushrooms, make sure they're organically grown and tested, uh, and then bring them home and make them yourself. But otherwise, we, we did all the work for you. Wonderful. As our time comes to an end, I want to ask you a couple of more uh, questions. One of them is, for someone who is interested in learning more about mushrooms, what would be a good resource? So there's some great books out there. Um, Michael Medicinals, Paul Stamets wrote pretty dense technical uh, uh, book for people. Okay. Uh, if you want another one that Paul wrote, it's called Mycelium Running. And this is kind of more like mushrooms are super cool. This is how they work in the world. And this is uh, what they do for us. And here's some of the research. And it really gets into the, the nitty gritty and uh, is, is really uh, engaging in that particular, uh, I love to learn cool, strange facts sort of a way. That's um, great. And uh, yeah. is there a website that someone can actually learn yeah. more about host defense? Yeah, either hostdefense.com or fungiperfecti.com. They, okay. They're both, they'll bring you into our, uh, into our world, so to say, and then you'll get sucked in and you'll never get out again. Yes, um, yes. There's also, we've uh, created a reference, um, uh, kind of a reference website, and it's called mushroomreferences.com. Okay. And that's for people that are really technical and really want to start digging into the research associated with it. Uh, and that's really separate from the host defense uh, and the fungi perfecti website. Uh, we did we created this as like a standalone um, website so that people could start looking at some of the uh, interesting research that's out there uh, associated with mushrooms. Very good, thank you. And so my last question for you uh, before uh, we say goodbye, uh, is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with that we haven't discussed? Just take mushrooms every day. Like there's some super, super cool demographic research on uh, longevity out there uh, from the Nagano prefecture in Japan and uh, eating mushrooms every day. So uh, just like see about how you can bring in this substance back into your life on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's to provide you with some nice energy as you go through your day or help your brain or just support your immune response. There's so many different ways that mushrooms can really help your whole body. So like open your brain, start eating mushrooms every day or using a mushroom supplement, whichever is going to be easiest or both. Um, just make sure you get those shrooms in your, in your daily experience. Wonderful. Jerry, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. It was most interesting. You're most welcome. Thank you so much for having me on board, Lana. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you have enjoyed my discussion with Jerry and want to learn more about specific types of mushrooms, please check out show notes at wellnessinsidernetwork.com slash five. I also share resources from our interview there. You will also find introductory information about seven of my favorite medicinal mushrooms, reishi, shiitake, maitake, turkey tails, chaga, lion's mane, and cordyceps, and maybe figure out how you can incorporate them in your own life. Please subscribe to the show and get the future episodes automatically downloaded on your mobile device. And share this episode with one friend who might be interested in learning more about mushrooms or health and wellness in general. Thanks again for being here. I appreciate you. Be smart, be healthy, be you.